and welcome back to the Youth Voice Pioneers COVID-19 podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maisie, from Wandsworth Youth Council. And Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm one of the co-hosts from Wandsworth Youth Council. Uh, if our guests want to introduce themselves quickly, uh, Laura. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm the founding director of an organisation called Debating Mental Health, which trains and supports young people who have got mental health support needs to debate so that they can tell decision makers what's important to them. Hi, there's two of us from Dorset Police. I'm Caroline Norton. I'm a Chief Superintendent and responsible uh, for response neighbour policing and also our Safer Schools team. So it's great I'm here today joined with Hannah. So hi, I'm Hannah. I am one of the Safe Schools officers for Dorset Police and I cover the West Dorset area. Um, hello, Wendy. Hi, I'm a nurse consultant, recently retired, but I chair a national organisation called the Association of Child Protection Professionals. I also advise the national team as a past health expert. So I've been pulled back out of retirement there and I work, I've got a contract for two contracts, one with um, the local government to do peer reviews um, and improvement. And the other one is working with GPs and training them. So I work very closely with the local medical um, team, GPs and such like. So much for retirement, eh? <laughs> so now I think we want to jump into a quick icebreaker. So what we're going to do is everyone is going to tell a quick story or a funny incident that they've had on the internet. Uh, the funnier the better. Shall we start with Finley? Hi, I'm Finley. Uh, I'm a Youth Voice Pioneer and I had a weird experience online a few years ago where I met the new kid in my class accidentally. We got randomly matched in an online game like a month before he joined the class and we just talked a bit on there randomly and then said goodbye and the game was over and then we met in school and it was like hang on hang on, you're, you're that person I met a month ago. So that happened. Hi, I'm Connor. I'm the Deputy Chair of Wandsworth Youth Council and I'm also a Youth Voice Pioneer. My funny online experience came a little bit more recently. It was on a group family Zoom call and me having amazing timing, I arrived only two minutes late only to be on the call surprised by my entire family mid singing through happy birthday and I jump in like hi sing like just normal charismatic and I think I might have ruined the moment or I added to it can't really tell but everyone thought it was hilarious meanwhile me red faced like a tomato I was a bit embarrassed but honestly it was an amazing moment next I tag Ollie uh, hello, I'm Ollie, uh, the Deputy Member of Youth Parliament for Dorset, and um, I'd say that my funny thing that's happened recently, uh, not necessarily to me on the internet, is uh, watching my dad try to work the internet. <laughs> like he's he's there with his tablet, he's using, he's properly going for it, and uh, it's just a bit. It's he he hasn't quite wrapped his head around it, and he just gets frustrated with it. Um, but it's that's probably my uh, funny fact. Uh, I'm gonna tag Fu. Uh, hi guys, I'm Fu. I'm from Greenwich. Uh, I'm also the chair of a uh, children in Ken Council. I'm a youth for a pioneer as well. Uh, my funny internet experience is uh, happened last year, right before Christmas. I was like, it was the day before we uh, start our holiday, uh, 
a holiday. I was at my college and I found out that there was a man. He uh, slid into my Instagram DM. And uh, because I was that, uh, I said my picture as my ex-girlfriend as a profile picture. So he, he told I was a girl and he just texted, texted me. He asked my name, my age. And but me personally, I found pretty funny so i keep teasing him i keep like texting him some flattering some emojis and he really thought he is in uh, i'm into him and he's into me and he was like it was offering to pay the ticket to get me there to with to him to to america i was like oh dear i gotta drop him i gotta leave him on scene yes that's my experience uh i i attack uh who's who else who hasn't uh wendy yeah yeah i think the funniest thing was when my son was trying to teach me to use sui and i was getting it wrong and they recorded it and they shared it with my whole family um and that's when i got a new phone i know that's a bit like technology um the other thing is a close call and actually holding a very important meeting in my pajamas with just a jumper on because <laughs> i was caught out because it was early i tag the police. Hi, it's Caroline. Um, mine isn't so much um, about social media, but I was um, being a bit of a neglectful parent and my son was about six and he managed to order about £160 worth of Lego on Amazon. And um, I managed to quickly cancel one load, but the, the £50 Star Wars Lego, I couldn't. So that was one of his um, unintended birthday presents. But yeah, so that taught me a bit of a lesson. Hannah? <laughs> Uh, mine's been quite recent as well. So uh, a friend of mine has set up Zoom quizzes during COVID. And uh, the other week we were playing the quiz and because it was my friend's birthday, the there was a mini challenge set for everyone to create a limerick regarding to that person. So it was quite funny watching people, A, trying to work Zoom, B, trying to answer the questions, and C, then trying to write a limerick um, about it. Lovely. Yeah, so um, mine was about a year ago. Um, I had someone pop up to me on Instagram and I just entertained it for a bit. And they asked if they could send me food. And so I gave my neighbour's address because I'm, I'm lovely. And they sent a milkshake via Uber Eats to my, my neighbour's house, which I got, and it was brilliant. And honestly, if that's one way to go, I don't know what is. <laughs> lovely. Um, so next we're going to move on to talk about the new COVID-19 announcement. So I'm sure we all saw Boris's lovely speech the other day, um, who was watching. Yeah. So what, so he said that we were now going to be allowed to go into people's houses to go into the back garden and uh, have outdoor barbecues and things like that. We'll now be allowed to meet up with up to groups of six outdoors. Have any of you guys been meeting up socially distanced outside? I have, because my daughter's had a baby. Um, so I'm a recent grandmother and she struggled because she actually hasn't had the interaction. She's had quite a hard time. So she's needed support. So, but we have been doing that socially distancing. Um, she's been coming over and I've been giving her advice and support, but that's the only way I feel I've broken the rules really and it's more for her mental health um, but I was just talking about this question to my son who's 25 who has struggled not having his social outlet he still goes to work 
And I said, what advice would you give? Because he has been really sensible and um, he's not the most sensible person on the block, um, but his friends have embraced it. So I think it's about doing it, but doing it sensibly. So he's been meeting just one person and they've been perhaps having a drink, taking a drink with them and meeting down by the beach. But I think people have still got to be quite sensible. And um, I think if some of the youngsters can, I think the adults should follow suit. And I think they're not always getting a very good role model, are they? Because I think there's big groups that are meeting out and about. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Wendy's daughter for <laughs> having a child. I believe Ollie had something that he wanted to say. So um, I'm, I'm quite relieved that uh, we're going to be able to walk through houses, but there's a different reason behind it. So um, in me going to uh, my girlfriend's house, she has quite a big back garden. It's actually bigger than most front gardens. But in order to get to it, for those who know me will know I'm terrified of birds. I, I, I can't stand them, and uh, in particular chickens. Now, in order to get into her back garden, I had to walk past the biggest chicken coop I have ever seen. And I had to walk past it to go into her back garden. And um, I didn't really... I didn't enjoy it that much. Um, it was a bit of a traumatizing experience. So um, from my perspective, I'm, I'm pretty glad that I'm now gonna be able to walk through her house to go into her back garden without having to walk past the, the demon chickens outside of her neighbor's uh, little alley, alleyway to her garden. Or you hate them, you just eat them. Sorry, That's the Weird. reason I do, is like, <laughs> isn't it, at the end of the day? <laughs> So a few days ago in London, it was very, very hot. So me and my friends had the glorious idea to have a water balloon fight. Also, the distance, you're two metres apart, you fill up your water balloons, you come, you march off the road, you're ready, you're loaded to go. Then you start just pelting each other with water balloons from two metres apart, which is also a challenge. So you get called off on a lovely summer's day, you get to see your friends and have a lovely experience and it was the funniest days of my life it was brilliant so i think most importantly how do we reckon these new um new lockdown measures will impact our usage of the internet do you reckon you'll use it more less why anyone i mean i'll be going back to work potentially on the 15th if um where i work does actually reopen um mm -hmm. so i think my online usage will probably go down but because i work um in retail and i work with technology i think that my usage of technology will probably still go up um but it'll be probably it'll be less for kind of work that i've been doing at home more for actually going out and going into work with retail so i think for me it will probably be a bit of a it will kind of reverse in the sense of it will be much less for just kind of having fun and uh, a lot more for work-based. Nice. I mean, uh, with these new policies and, you know, the summer is coming, the weather is quite nice. Uh, my, I think my screen time is down a bit. Yeah, I can show my iPhone. Like it says, uh, your screen time, your average screen time was down. It's down 11% that, that the previous week. So I think it's a good sign me uh, using less um, like internet because I was out with my family and we play cars all day so I was not gambling police so don't worry. So have you guys found that your online habits have changed since lockdown and if so would you say that you're more aware of things like online safety? I mean 
for me, probably, like, I was always pretty clued into online safety because it's they ram on about it a lot at school. And um, I did computer science as well at GCSE. So they, they teach you a lot about cybersecurity and staying safe online. Um, so I think for me, it's pretty similar. It's just that because I'm using it a lot more, particularly if I'm doing like conference calls or uh, I'm doing work online with other people, I'll always kind of try to find ways where I'm a little bit more protected, even if that is just using like a VPN or something to just hide my location. Uh, for me, I'm a little bit more kind of prepared for it, I think, now than I would have been probably before that lockdown. So would you guys say that your screen time has increased since being on lockdown and how would you manage that or advise other people to manage it um it depends. are you talking about limiting for like younger kids or older kids or just any so any? in general so how you can manage your use of screen time or ways that you can benefit from the use of screen time or ways that you can help yourself during that time I feel like especially during the current climate, we're all inside, we're all on our devices. So mm. we're all we're all gonna be on it like not twenty-four-seven, but a large portion of the day. So it would make sense if people did like limit the amount of screen time they have, but then obviously there's not el- there's not a lot else to do during lockdown. So obviously people are gonna spend a lot of majority of their time on their devices and obviously it would be nice if people put their devices down go outside on a social distance walk on a run or a cycle or something but obviously not everyone will want to do that so it's just hard limiting the amount of screen time you have when a lot of people will be on it for like jobs or like meetings and just anything just talking to their friends gaming so a lot of time will be spent on devices so limiting that because it's now used for professional and like non-professional to like personal use as well. So it's just juggling up how much you're spending on your device each day. That's where the trouble comes in. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Because like, as Connor said, like, we got Zoom for online, we got schoolwork, worrying about uni, then you've got other opportunities to worry about. And plus you've got the Youth Boys Pioneers podcast, which you can download and listen to share on it, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you can. Um, but like earlier on with the pioneers, I was just telling them about how like my screen time went up by like eight hours per day. And that's purely because I'm listening to like more music, I'm watching more YouTube videos and I'm just like on it just to do like more work, just like catch up in like schoolwork and coursework and stuff like that. So like the thing that's been helping me to sort of like divert time away from like screens and like, my phone and everything like that. It's just like get engaged with like, some creative activities. And I like, definitely supplement that with like what Connor was saying about doing like, some like extra physical activity, like going outside, enjoying the weather, I'll go out for a walk. But like the creative stuff has really like helped me in terms of like getting back into drawing and like coloring in and just like having that outlook just to like separate myself from like the world I guess and to just like relax and just express myself in that way really. Can I also just add kind of when you're counting up screen time as hours or whatever it can be quite important to distinguish kind of between say four hours of solid gaming that someone might be doing in comparison to maybe an hour of gaming, couple hours schoolwork, an hour doing something like typing a story or um, programming 
doing some computer programming or something constructive like that. Um, and just saying four hours screen time, screen time is not inherently bad if it's used well and segmented up because the way I see it quite often switching between activities on a computer, although physically you're still, still sitting still, um, it's the same sort of change of mental state as you'd get from moving between activities, uh, say, off a screen. So it's important not to lump screen time together in one number, but to look at what you're doing on it. I think connected to that as well, Finley, um, I was going to ask you guys about whether you consider all screen time to be positive, first of all, or whether there are different positives and negatives. Um, and secondly, whether you are aware of or use any of the kind of screen time limiting apps. So anything like hold or moment or off time um, and what you think of those if you use them. I mean, we were actually discussing it a bit before the podcast where uh, particularly with like uh, screen time limiting apps at the moment, um, they're probably a little bit uh, more of a hindrance because it's if some if like for example a young child is being limited on uh, like using a tablet or using a games console, they're more likely to think, well, if you're not going to let me do this, just let me go and see my friends. Just let me go outside and do this, do that. Um, so I think at the moment, while yes, it's important that people aren't online all day every day it needs to be almost kind of it's not that you can play two hours fully and that's it it may be almost encouraging people to learn to limit themselves on how much they actually play also uh, me and finley were talking about it um from our experience uh, because we both did uh, we both did computer science we both have kind of a knowledge of it um it was we we found that it was quite easy for us to actually crack the passwords most of the time so it's all well and good putting a password on there, but if if someone could guess it, it's it's just not worth it. Like it, it it's not worth putting it on in that instant. I remember one time actually I was babysitting for um some people I know, and uh, their little girl had a um, screen time locker put onto the phone, and I actually managed to guess the password after two attempts to give her a little bit longer. Probably shouldn't be admitting that now. But um, I was uh, like, I think in order to keep people engaged and keep them wanting, like more, not wanting, more willing to stay inside, it's particularly now, it's probably more about teaching young people to learn to limit themselves than actually you physically limiting them. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing is that when you do put a limit of, say, back in the day, I had two hours on, a, on one computer um per day two hours per day and that created a sort of sense and i see it now in my younger brothers a sense of i have to use up two hours a day you're kind of turning the time into a commodity that is more valued and it feels like i now have to use this for games or whatever because i can't if i use it for work then that's attracting for my games time so something we were wondering about is since everyone's spending more time on things like social media due to the lockdown, have you guys felt more pressure to share personal information about yourself? And how have you been managing that? Naki, I saw a shake of the head there. Hell no, I don't do personal information. As we were talking about earlier, Tinder, house party, all of that is, it's a bit of a confusing one. It's a bit of like sensitive. Mm -hmm. 
So, like, obviously, if you share that personal data for, like, Tim and all those apps like that, you got to be very careful. Like, you got to, like, select the info that you use and, like, don't share too much. And, like, don't, and don't go catfishing like Fu has shared before because that, that might get you into some trouble. But, yeah. I mean, personally, I don't use, like, social media. All I use is WhatsApp. And, like, I've, I'm pretty content with that because purely it's just, like, I feel there's a bit too much worry with like Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. Cause yeah. I was gonna say to like, address uh, Laura's question about the positives and negatives of like, social media. It depends on what kind of aspect you're looking at it. Because a person on like Instagram can see it as like a really good thing, just to, like share a few photos, try and get, try and look about what other people's doing, find something new. But a whole, totally different person can interpret going on Instagram for a few minutes as completely negative, as it might deteriorate how they feel about themselves or like self-image, self-value, or they might get like inappropriate comments or something. So it just depends on like those type of aspects that determine whether or not social media in this time can really be a good thing for young people. I think certainly from our perspective, uh, personal information is a really key point in terms of the online safety messages that we give out to, to, to young people and um, to sort of parents uh, and professionals. So uh, a lot of the time we also talk about sort of school logos, about not sharing them, because actually that's a really key part of personal information is uh, school information. And also things like passwords, uh, part of our personal information, but certainly from, from our team, we've seen that passwords are being shared amongst young people as friends to perhaps keep up streaks on Snapchat and um, other things like that. So certainly from an online safety point of view, personal information and keeping that private is, is really key. Um, Wendy, I believe you had something you'd like to share. Yeah, no, I've, I've been supporting my sister over something. She has a niece who's 23 with learning disabilities and um, she's found keeping her entertained has been particularly hard because all the clubs are shut and she has got herself into trouble in relation to going on um, inappropriate sites. And as much as she has learning disabilities, she can find her way around a computer much smarter than her parents. To the fact that she had set up a second Facebook account and um, was talking to some really undesirable people. So it's, it's how as young people are you getting that message across not only to other young people that perhaps struggle with the use of the internet because you all seem quite savvy um i mean i've i've directed lucy uh, uh, susan as because i i know how to but it's um how do those children who don't actually have a parent who's monitoring what those children are getting up to have you got anything that you can share for children that you know have learning disabilities i mean i, I there's too many times it's kind of showing the that young people particularly our generation actually we're much more clued into uh this kind of idea of technology than others are and i think particularly for people who maybe aren't that clued in it's worth looking into it because event like you're thinking what 10 years down the line everything's going to be online like most you'll find that now anyway most things such as online shopping online banking particularly during lockdown actually it's it's so much higher and people are going to realize the convenience of having food delivered to them 
So I think you've got the problem of if you're um, talking about how you can help families with uh, children who have learning, dif learning difficulties or learning disabilities and um, single parent families as well. You can teach yourself how to do it and you can kind of invest yourself in how to do it. You can, and the thing is you can learn it by using it. It's not like you have to sit at a course for 10 hours a day, every day. You can't, you can learn while you're using it and you'll find that you'll pick it up really quick. So there are a couple of resources that I'm aware of as well that might be helpful. So the NSPCC has got some really good stuff for parents on kind of having conversations about safety on kind of making sure that you're working with your child to ensure that what they're doing is safe and ensure that they feel safe. Um, and then from a young person perspective, there's um, Young Minds have got a section on their website called Own Your Feed, which has got a quiz. So kind of looking at how do you use social media? How, how are you spending your time online? Um, and kind of giving you a profile, a bit like a BuzzFeed quiz. Um, so that it gives you a profile and then it gives you some tips that have been written by young people. So that's quite a cool resource. Yeah, so just going on from that, there's some other really uh, great resources. So thinkyouknow.co.uk. A uh, really fantastic website, not just for, for parents, but also for young people as well. I think they've got some games on there um, and they've got some videos, even for really young children, there's videos on there to look at. Um, and also on the Dorset Police website, we've got some resources, some websites um, to advise for parents. And we've recently created a little bit of a, a quiz for parents that they can have a, a go at and see what they know, what they don't know. but actually having a go at the games at the apps like Ollie said it is certainly well worth doing for, for anyone if you don't know and your child is on it actually try try it give it a go okay so I was wondering about what kind of apps you guys have been using while online has anyone got any examples and that that they've been using so during lockdown like many teenagers i've just turned 18 so we are now thrusted into the world of online dating and there are many people that try to like make connections during lockdown try to find the one that they want to be with during lockdown find a new partner because what else is there to do so it's just bringing about the realities of online dating and making sure that the people that are on it are aware of the risks and dangers that they that it can have because as many of you know online dating about I, I, I'm not going to give a statistic because I don't have any but there are a fair amount of profiles that aren't real and based off a popular tv show Catfish there are many profiles that are fake and that use fake names and or fake pictures and then that will then create fake profiles which you can then talk to people through and then through that they can gain personal information if you choose to share with them you can share like your name just well more than your name depending on how much you share but if you start chatting to someone online and then you think you develop an uh, emotional connection and you get really really excited like yes i want to meet them like after lockdown we can make it work like yes like this could be the one and then if after lockdown it comes down to it and you're able to meet properly 
and all of a sudden they flake out and say, oh, like, oh no, so, so, sorry, you aren't the one for me. And then they vanish off the face of the earth. Or they do turn up and worst case scenario, they turn up and they are nothing like their profile picture. They are the exact opposite. They are something that you don't necessarily want to have matched with, but you did because they used a fake picture. And it's just understanding their realities, especially from a new gen generation that are freshly into the online dating, just making sure that everyone is aware of the apps they're dating. And it's not just like on online dating, it's also like regular apps where you can just meet and talk to people. I know a few members of the Voice Pioneers have joined an app called Yubo and there, there's, I'm sure someone else can comment on that as I have not personally used that application, but it's just a lot of danger on online dating, but also can be so brilliant if it's used correctly and safely. Uh, yeah, Connor, I, I heard you mentioned about like people using fake identity on dating app, like fake name, fake their birth, fake uh, their places. And we also talk about, and the Dorset police, they also talk about like keeping your uh, information privately. So I want, I have a question for the Dorset police. Like, have you ever countered or met any case you ever deal with, like about identity theft, like people using other people's identity to do something bad? Hi, yeah, we, you know, we get loads and loads of reports um, and it's quite challenging about, you know, is it our responsibility to police social media, but particularly around dating, um, people sending inappropriate photographs, blackmail. So, you know, I don't want to put people off because I think there's an enormous amount of opportunities from um, using social media and from using dating sites. I think the main thing for us is just to be quite a little bit cynical about who you're talking to until you're absolutely sure who they are. And, and obviously the common sense things, all the stuff that, that Connor was saying really about just being sensible around what you post and what you say to people, but there's some real opportunities. You know, I know loads of people who've met and had really great relationships um, from dating sites, but um, it's just making sure you're not being naive about it and that you've just been careful. And if you do, um, obviously as an adult, if you do meet up with anyone on a dating site, make sure it's in a public place, make sure you've got credit, make sure you tell someone where you're going, um, get someone uh, or even take someone along with you so you're not on your own. I think that's really key is also to not uh, to also look after your online safety but your personal safety out um, in the main world. One thing I did just want to quickly highlight, um, Tinder, just for anyone who is listening who's wondering about it, Tinder does have an age limit of 18. So you have to be 18 or older. The, I think the key thing you need to remember is if you're younger and you're going on to Tinder, you've got the problem of if you then meet someone else who's older, it, it can become a bit dangerous. So I would stress this probably a fair bit. Don't use Tinder um, unless you are 18 or older. It's quite a, um, quite a dangerous way to do it. And particularly even even with online dating even if you are really looking for someone if you're under 18 do not use tinder it's 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 pretty dangerous for it awesome so next we're going to move on to about how appointments are going online and about how we're having to do school online has anybody got any experiences they'd like to share about their experience about their appointments going online or 
how that's affected them. All GP consultations are online and I'm mm -hmm. sure you're quite a whiz at actually filling, filling um, the forms out. But do you feel that could be a barrier to some people actually accessing um, healthcare? Because what we have seen is a massive decrease in people reaching out, particularly in relation to drug and alcohol support and mental health. So definitely, I'm currently under a mental health support group via CAMS, and I know that I'm more, a lot more reluctant to attend my appointments because I know that it's over Zoom uh, rather than in person. And I definitely struggle with facial expressions and tones of voice and working out what that means. And so for me, doing it over the phone doesn't really work anywhere near as well as it does in person. So it's definitely put me off uh, seeking services. Yeah. What, have you had any services where you've actually had like a Zoom call so you can actually see the person you're speaking to? Uh, yes, and I've definitely found that more helpful, but it's not the same. You can't see people's body language and things like that. But I definitely think using Zoom rather than regular phone calls definitely helps people with barriers surrounding facial expressions and things like that. Mm. I think for um, me and Connor, we've kind of now got the... Um, the basis of because we're both year 13 at this point and we, we have actually left school um for us it's well for people our age it's much more kind of about that idea of what's going to be happening with uni connor you you're going to uni aren't you you were you were talking about it briefly a couple of weeks ago yeah that's and the plan it's mainly that a lot of unis like i know cambridge recently said that they're going to go fully digital for the next year because of not knowing how long social distancing will be in place. Um, have you actually been told anything by uh, your uni in relation to what's going to be happening? No, no, not currently yet, but it's just mainly speculation between me and my friends, so prospective university students regarding accommodation because a lot of universities will not be opening its doors physically, so they're having everything online. So that brings in the debate because we've just applied for student finance, the deadline has just passed and a lot of people will have put in their applications for student finance for a maintenance loan. So now there's just questions and concerns about whether that will go towards accommodation, but how will it go because we aren't actually in the accommodation and many finance issues and just university in general is just very uncertain at the minute because I don't feel like the universities currently know what they're doing. They don't have a set concrete plan in place, but it's just, about communication and I'm sure before September they will have figured stuff out and we will be in the knowledge but right now everything's just a bit up in the air. Yeah no I think it's quite bad particularly for like uh, more practical courses because um, my partner she's going into um, architecture and for that it's a very practical course it's very hands-on in a workshop doing things every day for about seven hours a day so I think on, on that basis if, if hers goes to fully online, she doesn't get the resources that the university would provide. And at the same time, the social side of uni, which is actually quite a big thing, she may not get. Um, and this kind of idea where some unis are going to be going digital, but some aren't. And the fact that there's not much transparency between some unis and their prospective candidates. Um, it's quite limiting in that you don't know if you're going to be online or in person. Awesome. So something else we were wondering is how you guys are managing to stay safe in terms of gaming. So online ratings, uh, whether or not people actually adhere to those, do you actually follow the recommended age? 
um, I think Boost wanted to add something towards that. Since the lockdown, uh, my screen screen time, especially gaming, play game, I play like more and more game, and I started like investing more money to buy games to play. So I have a thousand game on my computer, and I play a lot. I met a lot of, I have met a lot, like a different kinds of people, and from different nations, Russian, Chinese, especially, and I learn some new language. How to curse in their language? I don't. I don't think that's a good thing. About gaming, me personally, I think it's not bad. It depends on how the gamers, how the player, they play it, how they use it. You guys probably heard many cases about like gaming addiction, like people who are addicted to gaming, and they start like to see the real world as a, a world in the game, as a game world, and they start like. And a few days ago, uh. I read a an article about two Chinese kids in China. They jump off from the fifth floor of a building because they thought it's it's the it's a it's a game that they they were playing and they can revive after that. And I think that's those kind of incidents just make uh, just make people's point of view about gaming become more worse. Um, Finley, I was wondering if you had anything that you would like to add to that. Well, regarding Peggy ratings, I think, in my opinion, they don't serve too much of a purpose for, I know there's no legal enforcement around them, but quite often they are completely ignored. Um, and I will admit to ignoring them. I've played games above my age rating and they've been fine. I think what's more effective especially for parents when they're buying them is um a guide to kind of what themes are included in the game um just for those that don't know peggy ratings are um age ratings on the sides of boxes or digital downloads of games which give a guide rough guide on um who what sort of age person should be playing them and um i think there may be some sort of legal binding for that when um, if young people are buying, um, the police might be able to weigh in on this, if young people are buying um, games in stores, but there's not really a way to enforce it um, with digital downloads. I mean, with, with digital downloads, you're, you're completely right. There, there is no way to do it. And I think the whole system of like Peggy ratings and age ratings in general, they've been around for since 1994 with Mortal Kombat initially. Um, I think Dorset Police had something they wanted to say. Uh, yeah, so just going on about the, uh, the legality side of it. Uh, yeah, you're correct. Is that actually at the point of purchase with the games? So obviously each game is rated against the pan-European gaming information, the PEGI rating system. Um, I think the key thing really about that is um, for, for anyone, if you're not sure about the game or um, what the content is, is if you're buying sort of a hard copy of the game is to look at this, the small black boxes on the back of the box, which will say what the concerns are and why that game is rated, why it is. Or if not, you've got other websites um, such as sort of common sense media which you can go on and it will tell you the, the content of the game, the concerns, um, provide some safety information. 
And obviously that's kind of different to the social media side of it where social media apps sort of rate themselves. So most social media ends up being sort of a 13 rated, um, but WhatsApp is a 16, for example, because of data protection. So, yeah. Uh, as I said, Peggy Rains have been in since like halfway through the 1990s. And um, I think it's time for an overhaul in these ratings, in the way that they're enforced, in the way that they're carried out. Because they were initially put in because of Mortal Kombat, which on standards from the, like 20, maybe 30 years ago, would have been an incredibly gory game compared to what you have nowadays when you've got horror games in things such as virtual reality which are rated at 15 but would scare someone who's mid-20s if not more um i believe the police had something that they would like to ask yeah so we were just wondering sort of putting it out to everyone what you feel are the the main concerns regarding um sort of young people um children your peers at the moment in regards to online safety what are, what are the main issues that you you've seen that you're experiencing that that you feel that young people need to be aware of um endorse it or just in general at the moment awesome so now what we're going to do is we're going to move on to the hashtag youth voice tips so have any of the pioneers got any suggestions on things that you can do to improve your online safety and um things surrounding that i'm completely breaking it now but um when you're sitting at a computer for prolonged lengths of time make sure you've got a good chair good posture ideally um feet on the floor just make sure that you, if you're going to spend hours a day at a computer that you're not hurting yourself or something sorry i'm under the impression that i forgot to um give space for someone to answer the police's question i'm so sorry um, has anybody got anything they'd like to say about that? I mean, coming from Southwest London and going to an all boys school for about five years, uh, there's the issue of like sharing like weird videos, and I use the term weird very loosely because like there's there's a lot of like incriminating and like inappropriate videos that they might share around just for like a joke. But I think if they share it like to the wrong person or like if they share it to like a group chat or something while they're talking on like WhatsApp or Insta or anything like that, it can be like very dangerous because like how that's shared and then someone might get the police involved and something like that. And I think another thing is just sort of like the main thing is like online dating, I think, because now a lot of people are trying to like meet up with their girlfriends and boyfriends and like trying to keep socially distanced but also just trying to have that in online contact so i think that's like a pretty like important issue to think about when like looking after your data or looking after like how you use what kind of information you share if you're on those websites like tinder and stuff like that and yeah that's it really in response to the police question about kind of what's the most important online safety issue at the moment i think also people sharing images of themselves doing stupid things and things like that because we knew someone in Dorset actually who wanted to go into the police who was sharing things like them being drunk 
and stuff like that on fairly public social media channels. And that potentially is found by not just the police, but any employer or university can be the point of making or breaking an application. Lovely. So now I think we're going to move on to the um, takeaways. So we're going to use our hashtag youth voice tips. Um, so I believe Finley had one that he wanted to share about posture. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be sat at a computer for several hours a day, make sure you've got a good chair. Um, I'm completely breaking it now, slouching on my sofa, but make sure you've got a good chair. Um, I think ideally feet flat on the floor so that you don't hurt yourself whilst doing it. I mean, my, mine's, mine kind of ties into what Finley was saying before, and I'm going to use the example of don't be a Donald Trump. Uh, everything you post, you can post it once. It's not going to go away instantly. You need to be very careful what you're posting because you will find it will come back to haunt you massively. Yeah, um, just to add, with the Dominic Cummings drama recently, um, someone on Twitter actually used uh, a website called The Wayback Machine which archives many web pages sequentially kind of as time goes on. So you can go back, even if you delete stuff off some website, you can go back using tools like that and um, find all sorts of stuff that you've put in the past and it's there forever. Um, someone with the Dominic Cummings case found that um, he hadn't in fact talked about coronavirus last year and had edited his um, paper since to include that. Um, lovely. I believe Connor wanted to add, to add on. Uh, just to say that if you do end up meeting someone online or interacting with them, just take it with a pinch of salt and bear in mind that that is someone, someone's profile and you may not be talking to their profile as the same. No, wait, I'm going to reword that. If you meet someone online, that doesn't necessarily mean you're talking to the person in front of the screen you are talking to a profile and whether that person is actually the same person is a different thing. So just take every interaction, every, every person online that you meet with a pinch of salt. Yeah, I think uh, when you go online, um, I would advise you to use VPN to fake your IP so you can hide your real location because once you go online, you are really vulnerable. Your information is really vulnerable. So use VPN is it usually comes with the antivirus software that you have on your computer uh, or you can download it uh, on your phone. Yes, use it, it's really good. I think a main one from us is if there's anything that concerns you online or something that seems to be too good to be true or something you're not sure about, don't be afraid to talk to someone. Um, don't be afraid to um, talk to a teacher or member of staff at school, speak to someone at home or something like Childline, talk to someone, don't keep it bottled up. Um, there are agencies, there are people there that can help. Just, just talk to someone. Awesome. I believe now we're just going to go over some key takeaways from this lovely um, podcast that I have been hosting. Um, so we've spoken about virtual spaces um, and being more inclusive and accessible for young people. Um, we like to, some young people want to have their camera off, some people want to have their camera on. We've also spoken about healthcare appointments, keeping virtual appointments as an opportunity 
young people to take care of themselves during lockdown um so in terms of online teaching uh it's fairly short term but the takeaway i guess is uh we'll develop uh friendships and we've got to make sure that we're staying safe during um online dating uh, and things like that could i could i just add one thing that there's a lot of positives to keeping people's mental health um mm -hmm. being able to use sort of have a visual conversation rather than just the telephone and equally the internet has kept people connected so there are a lot of positives and not to be frightened of it because i still think a lot of parents limit time without realizing the benefit because some children just don't get that you know the whole world has changed and um, to be able to see someone is much better than just talking on the phone and to be able to keep up with your schoolwork and studying lovely i believe finley wanted to lead on the um takeaways yeah so our first takeaway is um with online safety when you're posting things online if you wouldn't want your parents or carers to see it don't post it don't send it to people because it can very often be traced back to you sometime down the line and come back to bite you um our second takeaway is make sure that you know the age restrictions for numerous apps uh, did you know that Tinder has an age limit of 18 and WhatsApp has an age limit of 16? There are other platforms and other games who have similar age restrictions, so make sure you check them before you use those apps. And for virtual spaces, um, make them inclusive and accessible for young people. So people might want to have their camera on, might not want to have their camera off. So more of this when lockdown eases. About like, if you have a, an appointment with your GP or your doctor, uh, keep it virtual. Keep these virtual appointments as an opportunity for young people to take up post lockdown. Uh, they work really well for us. Be careful when setting screen time limits for young people if you're a parent or carer, because if you do set a limit of say two hours, that's a target for us to use each day. Um, and consider the implications of hard limiting stuff when uh, we're trying to learn from home via the internet. One thing is that um, online teaching, although it's great, it can take away the kind of social interaction and that sort of learning that young people get from seeing people at school, talking in the classroom, things like that. So we make sure to balance online teaching and when we can think about how we can bring back in some of the social interaction sort of thing. Um, into teaching and into other activities. Lovely. So I just wanted to say a massive thank you for joining us, uh, whatever time of day it is that you're watching this or listening to this. And I hope you enjoyed and maybe learned something new. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you go share the podcast as well Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. We're trying to blow up the world here. Let's go. Yeah, so we're the Youth Voice Pioneers. Um, we work for participation people and we're just trying to. Uh, make sure that you uh, are having their voice heard.